she threatened to kill me. Yes. Jeez. So my business partner, <laughs> my business partner, this is a true story. If you ever meet him, in fact, I can call him in here and he can verify this. He was in, he was in Columbus, Ohio, training to be an agent with Nationwide. He comes back to my office, our office here on Airport Road, right down the street. He walks in the door and there's a police officer sitting there. is the moment podcast fans around the world have been waiting for. Sponsored by Clubbox, it's time for the Cease and Desist Podcast. Cease and Desist Nation, we have the best episode prepared for you today. I'm not sure how this is going to go, fellas. What do you think is going to happen today? It's gonna be a ten. Hmm. Chaos. Every every time we mention mini horse drink. Okay, got that's it. The Noted. Rules. Noted. All right, we're gonna set it up front. <laughs> every time we mention the word mini horse, you take a shot, and by the end of it, feel like you've been riding five mini horses. Hope you're not driving. Back Hope you're not driving right now, folks. <laughs> now this is the most uh, anticipated episode in cease and desist history. I believe uh, we've been waiting for this interview for quite a long time. And you've probably been waiting for this. <laughs> back at the agency days. Let me tell you that story. Actually, we'll get into that in a minute, but first I want to introduce none other than Mr. Bradley Flowers and Scott Howell from the Insurance Guys Podcast. What's up, gentlemen? What's up? Bradley. Yes. Bradley. How y'all doing today? Bradley. You officially showed us up in the uh, the podcast studio decor for sure. I mean, I don't know that Buffalo behind you. I know that's not your podcast studio, but what do you, you know, what are you, what are you working with back there? Tell, <laughs> describe your, your background for not everyone that's can see right now. So I have a very color, I like colorful art that yeah. kind of pops. Um, it's a colorful buffalo behind my head. The reason for the buffalo is when um, a storm rolls into the plains, instead of running away from the storm, the buffalo runs into the storm because it gets them through the storm the fastest. So not only does that speak to like business problems, hitting them head on, you know, there's no business book in the world that doesn't mention doing the hardest problem first, you know, beginning of the day. But it being an insurance in South Alabama, we also literally deal with storms. Um, we are in the time of the year right now in Alabama, and Scott can attest to this, every day is Armageddon when it comes to weather. So. Yeah, it's storm season, right? I mean, it is. It's game time. It's tornado season. And on the other end of the table, we got Mr. Scott Howell. Scott, uh, love the background. Hey, who designed your artwork for Insurance Guys Podcast? That too. My beautiful wife, Kim, wow. uh, designed the umbrella and the – the, the she actually just did a painting we had no artwork whatsoever and uh when we started the podcast she i said hey could you design us something just like uh not really a logo like a picture or something bradley can i could hang on our wall and this is uh this is what she came up with i the still have it my, cool. in my lobby what's yeah. the significance of the umbrella is that like the insurance industry just raining down on people and then you guys are like the the blanket <laughs> i think i think se? i think it was kind of that traveler's umbrella cover you know coverage type thing i don't i don't know i've never asked her i need to ask her that question <laughs> nice i had a traveler's rep one time tell me my brand was off ask him if he quoted a dp3 through their system because that was quite that, awful. That's awful. <laughs> no i don't, I don't, I don't have savers because i declined the appointment but that, that's yeah neither here well done there. well done <laughs> that made me wish we had more stories in our office so i could jump off the roof like it mm. literally took that 
it, it was that gra, gra uh, like gra, yeah blah blah blah. Stop Whatever. whining. It was bad. It was bad. It, it was sucked, terrible. Man. It was it took awful. forever. It was an anomaly. Well, let's do this. I want to set the scene for a second. Uh, why are we speaking to the insurance guys, uh, and why are you our, our uh, sponsor? Why are we the headline sponsor for the insurance guys? Main reason, uh, you all have done an outstanding, and I, I mean this sincerely, an outstanding job of getting an audience built under your show, and uh, I want to just uh, congratulate you on 500,000 downloads. I mean, gosh, is there a... Uh, show in the industry that has done that I, I don't know I don't believe so I'd have to ask around do you guys know the answer to that question I don't know that there is an individual humbly I don't know if there's an individual show that that has done that okay. um, at least about a year ago all of us started comparing downloads and nobody had more all-time or monthly so sure what do you guys attribute that to like how'd you get there Scott <laughs> fair enough <laughs> You got to well, have that level of UFC, man. Yeah, I think, I think you know, I've always said this about podcasts, okay, guys? Number one, you've got to entertain people. Mm-hmm. got to entertain people. Nobody's wanting to listen to a podcast that's not entertaining, for the most part, yep. unless yep. you're going to get specific information that somebody really wants or needs. Then I guess you could do a QuickBooks podcast on how to use QuickBooks or Excel. And if somebody's wanting to go learn about those things, maybe maybe there'd be a few people watch that. So the first thing is to entertain. And what I like to do is I think of it as WWE wrestling, where my life is so crazy that I have this endless amount of thousands and thousands and thousands of stories that I can tell that are true stories, but they're the kind of stories that when people hear them, they're like, there's no way that's real. That can't have happened to him. There's that's impossible. And Bradley can usually will follow me up and be like, no, that, that really happened. I, I, I know that for a fact. I, I, so yeah, you've got, the, you got the WWE part of that. And then, uh, enter- entertainment. The second piece is consistency. The guys that we see that have podcasts in the industry, that we've either caught up to or passed have all taken a break. You know, they take, you, know, you take mm, a break for yeah. a month or two with your podcast at glove box. Cause y'all are all busy or something happens or a tragedy happens. Sean's and you're like, Hey, we haircut. just can't podcast this yep. week. Next thing you know, you start back up again. Well, where you did have whatever, 5,000, 6,000 downloads a month. Now you've only got 2000 because people have now moved on to something else. Yeah. Right. So that's the, that's the second part of it. And then I do think there has to be some level of education that goes on. And, to, you know, the people that are tuned in or listening, whether that is self-help through somebody like a Lewis House or uh, I mean, there's a million self-help podcasts out there. The one exception to that rule happens to be the most popular podcasts in the world are comedy podcasts. Mm, sure. Because yep. people, people, people like look for out. an escape. They, they like want to hear yep. Burt Kreischer and Tom Segura on Two Bears, One Cave or uh, The Fighter and the Kid or something like that. Mm-hmm. And those podcasts do really, really well if you have kind of these two juggernauts in comedy going back and forth with each other for an hour or two. And I, I well, listen to some of that stuff, too. Well, on that, on that note, so... I think part of the reason why these comedians, it seems like every comedian has a podcast now, right? Yep. 
everybody saw Rogan get a hundred mil and they're like, Oh yeah, if we could do 1% of that, we'd be, we'd be doing pretty good. <laughs> right. Um, I think when they just, I love it when I hear Rogan or Andrew Schultz is somebody I'm big on right now. Talk about current events. I don't watch the news. So I'm getting my news from what's going on in the world from these podcasts but these comedians are so vulnerable. It's like they're everyday people like us. Mm-hmm. And and so I'm, I'm getting the point of view from someone who's thinking not only from a from an every man or every woman standpoint, but they're also funny. Yeah. And I think that is actually one of the things that we have is that Scott and I don't pretend to be something that we're not like. We are just everyday insurance agents, just like the, these these agents are. One of the biggest compliments we get sometimes is like, I love how you guys don't act like you know everything. You know what I mean? It's very, we don't. <laughs> it's, we don't, it's very down home, down to, I think that's kind of a big piece of it is we're approaching these same problems that all these agents are. And that's not necessarily saying other podcasts aren't, but I think that's a piece of it too, you know? But I mean, the longest break Scott and I have taken is one week. Yeah, yeah. I think we missed right one when week you had your baby, times. right? So I think the yeah. hardest yeah, part. I, and, and let me say this: the fourth piece of that pie, if there would, if there could be a fourth leg of the stool, is great guests. That's what I was going to mm-hmm. say. The hardest you know, part having, of podcasting having people is on that are energetic and excited, or maybe yeah. they just got great information or information that like you just want to hear. I mean, that's one of the <laughs> things Joe Rogan does is he's a little bit of all this. He's entertainment. He's obviously consistent. The son bitch does about four podcasts a day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, education. He's, he's educating people, but he also By the way, shoot me in the head before I do four podcasts. A day. <laughs> <Sure>. Um, <laughs> well, I'll give you three hours. Yeah, unless you're making a hundred mil from Spotify. <laughs> we put yeah. a lot of thought into guests, not only who the guest is, what they're going to talk about, but the timing of that too. If I see another podcast, this actually happened. We interviewed with, uh, uh, a carrier CEO and uh, I saw another podcast launched posted an ep- and we held the episode. Like, I don't want to steal their thunder either, but I don't want the listener to feel like, God, it's like, yeah. you know, you go on good morning America and it's you see circuit. Colin Powell promoting a book and then you go to ABC and he's promoting a book. It's like, you see this, you, know, you don't want to do That's that. The circuit. Um, but I'll give you a funny example. Somebody came up to me at the one city world tour, which was the event we hosted with you guys. And somebody said, man, this is like the best, most valuable lineup of speakers I've seen at an insurance conference. And not only that, these people are approachable and they're really good people. And I said, you know why? And they said, why? I said, because me and Andy picked them. <laughs> and I'm like, seriously, like that's, it's like, are you going to provide value? And are you not an asshole? My thing is being like, authentic. Uh, like yeah, being authentic yeah. is very important. If you're just out there faking it, like just putting on a show, that's not going to help. Like I want to real, real you example. I went on stage and I uh, was at the better agency conference last week and I started cussing. I heard you crushed it. Yeah, by the way. Well, th- thanks. Thanks, man. I, uh, it was actually the second time I've been in a setting like that minus the one city world tour. So those two pieces together, but honestly I got up there and started cussing as part of my presentation it helped me be more authentic it helped me kind of come out of my bombs did you say uh, adam said he counted six? seven seven and i was All like right. feeling it like i felt good about it and I'm, the energy I felt good changed. about the number i'm telling you man, <laughs> no more no less next that was time the we're there That's we're the doing the, we're doing the f's instead of the k's like strikeouts we're just going to put them in the back of the oh, room yeah. we're going to hang yeah. them up yeah. if you get to 13 f's i think that might be uh 
a record. But I, to, to your guys' point, the hardest part, I think, of, of having a podcast is finding guests that are unique and different and bring a different flavor because you can't always just talk about insurance because insurance right. is not just insurance. It's marketing, it's branding, it's building, it's motivation, it's mentorship. There's a lot that goes into it. Um, and, and I love bringing people on who are not insurance people. Like we interviewed a yeah. guy named Panini Pete, who's a, a pretty famous chef who's based out of Mobile. He sounds Been like on the a Food chef. Network a ton. He's best friends with uh, the guy Fiore. I don't know if I said that name right, yeah, but yeah. you know who I'm talking guy about. Fiore. Everybody knows I'm talking about. Um, but we we take that message and relay it. This is how you can use it in your business because you can you can get you know outside perspective sometimes is the best perspective you can get on your business because there's things that we do in this industry because we've always done them that way, but it really doesn't make good business sense. You know? Yeah. A lot of what you guys are saying, like not integrating with glove box. If you're a carrier, uh, come you. on. There what it is. The we did it. Decisions right Can there. I say a name? That's, that's just bad. Decisions. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. <laughs> this is the season. <laughs> Eerie. Podcast. Eerie. Hey, Eerie, what's going on? It's a little bit eerie out there. What well, you yeah. guys are saying about the podcast. They won't listen and- to this because it's not on tape. Sorry, go ahead. What you guys are saying about the podcast. And you can and- edit that out if you want, Tim. Sorry. No, it's staying good. consistent, being so big, and then bringing some sort of value so that the person is you know enjoys coming there is really no different than any other business. You know, when we were getting referral relationships in the industry, it was staying consistent on dropping in, sending a Monday email. Nothing's changed here when we're reaching out to new agencies. It's staying consistent, dropping them a line, sending them something of value. And then when the time is right, you know, you kind of slip in. So, you know, to your point, Bradley, having someone that's not even in the insurance space on all these principles of business into what you said, Ryan, they all apply all around. Yeah. You know, we just happen to be because in, you in can insurance. use all that stuff in, in, in every aspect of your life, not just building an insurance business. It's, it's applicable in your relationships, both professionally and personally. It's raising your children and how you operate. I mean, everybody needs those perspectives outside of just running their agency because it Bro, all feeds back into the business. Consistency is like, if you're consistent and not doing anything illegal, like I'll take that over somebody that's insanely talented. Sure. Because if, if, if you take the guy or the gal that's like, yeah, I'm going to make some sales calls, but I'm only going to do it sparingly. If it's not working, they have no like barometer to know that what they're doing, it's, it's them. You know what I'm saying? Versus the guy or the gal who's going to chop the tree down every day, equate it to chopping a tree down with a hatchet. You know, if you're going to chop the tree down, like, like over and over and over and over and over, even if you suck, eventually you're going to realize that you suck. Yeah. Yeah. You, pair you that can make adjustments in real time. So that consistency is most important. I listened to, I listened to an episode we did the other day and it was like completely different, dude. It was like two different people because we've refined it over time. Wow. You know, like Scott's intro has gotten so freaking good. <laughs> I didn't know it was bad. We tried to do but it. It's a, it's a process, you know, it ages like fine wine, you know, by the way, I got to ask you, Scott, like milk, Scott, Scott, so I got Bradley's point and to you guys's point. I want to say something to everybody listening to this right now. And it was something that I told my team this morning on our 10 a.m. podcast. So I was up this morning at four o'clock. I've either got, I've either got a stomach bug or food poisoning. I, I don't know which I have, but I was on the toilet 
and I could shit through a screen door. Was it Panini Pete? I, I hope it was a Panini Pete. I can't wait for that chapter of the book. Yeah, the coffee table book. I get, I get, I get I'm, out, I'm on the toilet, and I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, I got all this stuff to do today. I got staff meeting at 10, podcast at 3.30. I got 12 different accounts I'm working on. I got people coming to see me today into the office. And something to my in my mind, I just was sitting there, and I was thinking, I've got to show up. I've got to show up. And I think in my mind, that's about 90% of business is on those days when you are at your worst. And, and I'm not at my worst today, but I'm certainly not at a hundred percent. You just got to show up. Right. Well, it's you like, know? it's the easy, it's not hard to be consistent. It's actually pretty easy. And I think that's what people think is the problem. Like it's too easy. It can't be that easy. It is that easy. Just go do it mm -hmm. every single day. Well, I'll yeah. say this. I'm an introvert. When I get off this, I'm not going to say anything to anybody for like the next four hours. <laughs> I've got to recharge. Yeah. I rely on Scott so much to be the energy. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. like it, 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 our relationship is like perfect because there's some times where I can be up and there's some, it, it plays into the consistency. The fact that he's so energetic and into it and fiery and yeah. good at it that if there's an episode where I am not feeling my best, I can just kind of like sink back into my chair and interject. And the flip side is we were interviewing somebody last week and Scott's like, Hey, I'm gonna need you to take this, you know, like that yeah. partnership. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to an agent right before this call, uh, David Foster, shout out to David Foster. I don't know that guy. And he mentioned that he has a business partner. I was like, and I mean, we we're talking about creating content. I was like, dude, businesses with business partners have a, a, a huge advantage yeah. because you can play off of each other. And there's also strength in numbers. You know, if we're out on the city street and we're making a wacky video and there's two of us, it's a different dynamic than if it's just me sitting there talking to a camera. You know what I mean? So Scott, I, I couldn't do it without like, like it would not, our podcast would not be remotely as successful without Scott and his talent. So I definitely owe a lot to him. And there's times where he pushes me like, Hey, like Scott's really like, honestly, if it wasn't for Scott, I don't know that we would be as consistent because there's times where he's like, Hey, we got to get episode out. We got to get episode out. We got to get episode out. Whereas I'm like some, I've got 18 million other things going yeah. on. You know, I appreciate you saying that Bradley. It means a lot to me, but I'll say the other thing that may be the reason why we've been so successful with our podcast. And I don't, I've been surprised. I don't see this very often in the insurance industry. And I think to some degree, Bradley's this way, but I am so out there in terms of vulnerability that I think a lot of agents that I know that podcast, you can just tell because of some self-esteem issues that maybe they have, they don't, they're not willing to hang it out there. I, I, I will hang it out there, cry, tell you all the stuff I've done wrong, tell you the stuff I'm currently doing wrong. And I think a lot of that has to go along with self-esteem and things from your childhood. And, you know, you hear all the good, the good and the glowy, and we're writing a million dollars a month in premium. <laughs> yeah. and we never have a claim. And, and half of it canceled wrong. next and month. <laughs> there's never anything that goes that we never have an employee that ever, you know, does anything wrong. And it's, they kind of, they don't say that, but that's just kind of the feeling. You and by get. the way, the agents that are doing that online, it's glaringly obvious to everybody else who's like, yeah. it's it's not, like, or, you're not fooling anybody. Or they're spending all of their time podcasting and not writing any business. Because <laughs> we also see that. Exactly. That's just the same. I think, I think, I think me piece. being so willing to just tell everybody all my, 
all the Dude, stuff that's just not I'm, right. I'll give you the com- the biggest compliment in the world on that, can I? Yeah, I guess. So, <laughs> sure, I, guess. I, don't know, I don't know that we want to get into this, you wake but up in Scott the had an employee that did something super illegal <laughs> and stole some money on from him. Yeah. Crazy the episode, by the way. next day, the next day, gets on a podcast and says, not only this is what happened, but it's my fault. I can guarantee you the number of insurance agents in this country who would be willing to do that is less than two. And I'm not one of them. Did what? you guys hear that episode? I, would, yeah. I mean, I would, but it, it wouldn't have been the next. Like, like it, you're getting the real deal Holyfield. <laughs> this is what, you know what I'm saying? I mean, so we like, found out Scott needs a new screen door. power to you. <laughs> <in that laughs> <regard. Vulnerable. laughs> what about having an insurance podcast where they only talk about things they did wrong? <laughs> I quoted I, that deal wrong. Probably, probably would be the most listened to podcast in the insurance like, industry. Sounds like a pivot. We've talked about insurance guys are pivoting. Sean, you're, you've openly no. talked about your commercial stint and how, like, you had no clue what you were covering. Oh, yeah. or like you Absolutely. couldn't tell people what DNO insurance was. Or like, yeah, you, you you would have clients calling for claims, and you were praying you put the right address oh, on the yeah. quote. Like, <laughs> I'm really <laughs> really hoping that that eight was a seven. <laughs> like on it that happens. policy. Yeah, it's easy it to mess up. Hey, uh, yeah. Scott, I do have something for you. Uh, your famous introduction to the Insurance Guys podcast was that scripted or did was that impromptu? Can you tell me about that? Yeah, I've never told this story before. It's one I've kind of held back on, but insurance agents from around the world. Yeah, it's is uh this is going to be a very unique story uh for this podcast, but basically what I did is I grew up listening to comedians um their rhythm, their pace, the way they did things, and then I and then I got into this thing where I was obsessed with Jerry Clower. And him being a storyteller and his pace and his rhythm and the way he did his storytelling and so i've always studied that my whole life and then when we got ready to to start the insurance guys podcast and i go back to my statement about the wwe and them coming out of the of the 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 tunnel or whatever they come out of to go to the ring and i thought well i can't do the bruce buffer thing that's we we took that (laughs) it's too much uh for me to do and so then i started picking things out of different uh, people that I thought had done a good job. So a lot of times you'll hear me, I sound a little bit like Keith Jackson, the old football broadcaster. Yep. You remember Keith Jackson used to talk <laughs> like this, the Alabama Crimson Tide. So, because, you know, he's kind of noted as being the number one college broadcaster of football of all time, Keith Jackson. And then there were some other people that I started pulling some things from. And so I sit down with a piece of paper and I think, okay, I want to do Keith Jackson for this a little bit, sound a little bit like that. Then I also wanted to, there was, there was three or four people that I had kind of just blended together to come up with that introduction. Well, it's pretty Um, fucking cool. I love that. You want to hear yeah. something funnier, cooler is like, I didn't know he's going to do it. Yeah. yeah. That's like a bomb. Uh, we sit down for the first podcast. Like, and like, okay, How right. was the first what one? I must go listen to the first episode. Was the first one just as good as it is today? No. no. Scott, were you one take, <laughs> were you one take Tammy too? One take Tammy. One take Tammy. Oh, yeah. Uh, I will tell you this. To, to the point I was just making about me kind of taking things from different people to get to, get to our – so at the very end of every introduction that I do – for uh our guest i always say uh it is my profound honor today yeah i took i took that from something like the academy awards and i believe it was russell crowe 
It was some. Who was the guy that played the agent on like the show Twenty Four? Oh, you remember uh, that Sutherland? Uh, yeah, it was uh, Kiefer. Uh, photographer. Oh crap! I know that Kiefer guy's Sutherland. name. But yeah, I, I can see his face, but I can't. He was he was also in uh, uh, designated designated survivor. survivor. It's Kiefer Sutherland. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, that Donald guy got up at an award show. And he was introducing somebody as like uh, going into some Kiefer kind of Hall of Fame. Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> I knew he and had a weird name. And he said, it, you that guys must not have heard that. We said that like five times. Honor, it, it, it is my profound honor to introduce blah, 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 blah. And I, I really like that. And so I took that and inputted it yeah. into the opening. So sorry, I didn't mean to get hey, off on He tangent. used to do it. Sometimes he does it when we're in the studio so loud that he has to do it again because it blows sure. the mic <laughs> I bet he does like, it in his sleep sometimes like, <laughs> like, like, like you gotta do it again and we need it like it's gotta be you know I want to yeah. I want to switch gears a little bit because uh, you know you guys are always the ones interviewing other people and we want to dive into you if that works nice. I want to see what's what's going on hey, with Ryan, the insurance guy before they do that can I get Scott to do one powered by oh, I thought you were going to take your shirt off for this I'm g- you want me to uh, I don't, don't want maybe you Scott to, and I maybe do somebody both. wants you to I don't somebody know somebody ripped their sleeves off <laughs> Scott I need you to do one take powered by Glovebox come on get in there get in there Welcome to the insurance guys podcast Powered by glove box. <laughs> easy. Glove He's box. got God, I love glove box. He's got diarrhea today. So easy. <laughs> easy. Guys, you know what doesn't make sense to me? When I come across agencies that have their websites available to new prospects only, they don't really offer anything for their current clients. Or if they do, it's this silly little button that says, Hey, what's your damn username? I don't I don't know. How would I know it's my Usernames and passwords, I can't stand anymore. Thoughts? Thoughts? I'm with you. They're the worst. Brutal. That's why Glovebox should be the answer. If you are an agency and you need a client portal that's going to be way better than what you currently have, give your clients the option to just use their phone number or their email and get into their Glovebox. You know how it's not going to be better than what they already have? Tell me. If they already have Glovebox. Mm. Mm. I think about it. Uh, now, I want to dig into you guys real quick um, because I don't think a lot of people get to know you guys as Humans. people outside of insurance, outside of uh, the podcast. And so, uh, Scott, I want to start with you and I want to talk about the journey that you've taken to have many horses at mini your house. Mini stallions, even. Mini stallion. Well, that's what that was your nickname in college, wasn't it? The mini stallion? <laughs> The mini yeah, horses so and how that you came want to about. Start back at the start, or do you want me to start? Ooh, this with the mini like I want to start story. at the start. I want to start, start at the start, start and then get me to the Is mini there a horses. Mini Kentucky Derby. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. Get in there the passenger be. seat of Ryan's DeLorean. There it is. There it is. I want to be the stagecoach hitched to these mini horses. <laughs> Man, my journey in insurance was crazy. It was something that. Looking back on it, there was a book written by Dr. Phil years ago uh, talking about if you want to find if you want to find what your purpose is in life and what you need to be doing, go back to your childhood and think about what you enjoy doing and the things that you were good at and things like that in your childhood and kind of bring it up to today. And I had to file for bankruptcy in 2009 you know I, I was supposed to be retired right now guys i was supposed to be in the keys retired 50 60 million dollars in my bank account just living the dream fishing every day and being done and i had to because of the 
the mortgage crisis, yeah. all the developments and things I was a part of that we were doing really well with at the time. But then the, the mortgage crisis hit. Nobody could nobody could buy, borrow money to buy a, buy a house. And all of that kind of came to roost. Wow. I had to file for bankruptcy. Wow. I was a, I was a work for a pretty large development and construction company. And we had pro rata. I had, uh, I was a member of some of the partnerships that we were doing on some of these developments. A lot of them were in college towns, uh, big, big, big university towns. And so I had to file for bankruptcy and I started thinking about like what I I had to start over. I mean, I was, you know, had no money, borrowed $3,000 from my sister, uh, to like pay rent one month. And I started thinking about my childhood and things that people had said to me over the years. And there were multiple, multiple times throughout my life leading up to then when people would say to me, Scott, you were really missing your calling, not being in insurance. You know, you know, so many people you're, you're outgoing, you never meet a stranger, you would be so good at it. And so I, through the course of like self-awareness, learning about myself, I decided that my career move was going to be in insurance and nobody would give me a job. I interviewed with probably 10 or 15 agencies. I didn't even have my license and they just all were like, nah, we, we're good. You, you know, pat me on the head, go get your license, come back and see us. So I, I did get my license and I went with a state farm agency in Birmingham and he had just gotten his license. So neither one of us knew what the hell we were doing at all. No, nothing <laughs> about what we were doing. And <clears throat> I worked with him for about a year and a half. And then nationwide offered me a position as a scratch agent in Huntsville, Alabama, moved up to Huntsville and, uh, took that position, ended up taking over a book of business after about three years, uh, from a lady that got fired. She was literally, she had gotten to the point in her career where she would take a gun out a pistol out of the top dress drawer. When somebody come in to make payment, wow. she'd lay it on the table <laughs> and she'd say, what the fuck are you doing here? Wow. That's what I'm thinking. The gun box the out is a here? better That's way, guys, just so you know. That is a better way. That's a little too much um, posture. You know? Wow. So you can imagine from that story what her book of business was like. Wow. You can, I'll just, that, that just gives you a little. She probably had people stealing checks out of her desk. Guys. She would really happened. benefit from glove box is what you're saying. Yeah. Um, she threatened to kill me. Yes. Jeez. So my business partner, <laughs> my business partner, this is a true story. If you ever meet him, in fact, I can call him in here and he can verify this. He was in, he was in Columbus, Ohio, training to be an agent with nationwide. He comes back to my office our office here on airport road right down the street he walks in the door and there's a police officer sitting there and he says walks in the mall why is there a cop sitting here and i said oh she threatened to kill me and they think <laughs> she might actually do it so they've got them here for a month wow. Incredible. So every time i would come to the office and unlock the door there would be the police officer sitting in his oh. car and he would come in there and sit in the lobby for about Jeez. four weeks 
I know that you actually said that that calm too. Like it was no big deal. Oh yeah, she's threatened to kill me. Just another uh, Tuesday. She'll, she'll probably do it. Let me finish this auto application. I, yeah, it'd be so <laughs> nice if Scott, she would. Scott, let me uh, ask you: In your early days of, of just getting into insurance, and maybe that first couple years, how many days did you have that lingering thought of like, what the fuck am I doing in this business? I, every day, because everybody goes through that. At least the yeah, first year, like, what am I doing here? I, hell, I still have I still have those days. It's I mean the la- the last three weeks has been an up at dawn pride swallowing siege that yeah. I hope nobody ever has to go through. Sure. But yeah, it, I've worked every night till seven or eight o'clock. I've been here at eight o'clock in the morning. I've you know I'm sitting here right now. I got stacks reams of paper of accounts. I'm having to go over to make sure there was any yeah. fraudulent activity on those accounts. So. And you're, you know, you're, you're operating the business owner side right now, but in those early days when you're just a producer and you're new to the business and you're like, what, what am I doing here? Like everybody that started in the business can relate to that, those moments, yeah. right? Cause they happen all the time. Did you have someone helping you through saying like, no. Hey man, like keep going. No. Cause no, uh, they, they threatened to fire me. In fact, I, I've always wanted to, if I can find it again, I've got two or three letters from my sales manager with nationwide that says basic, basically it says if you don't reach this many policies by the end of April, 2012, your contract will be terminated and you'll need to go find another job. Wow. I mean, there, there, there lots of those things. Sean's brother had a similar story. Remember when we brought Sean, your brother in? Yeah. Yeah. And he, uh, came in and I told him to just put your head down and market. Don't worry about any production for six months. Just yeah. market, just get leads, just get referral partners, and his production was uh, pretty much nothing for six months. Yeah. And then and our my, business mine was made worse by the fact that my sales manager wanted me to die of anal cancer. <laughs> <laughs> is that a hard there way is, to die? There has never been a person hate someone as much as my sales manager hated me. So that is you know about how that went. There's one people way to motivate free your spirit staff. Don't like people who are free spirits. God, she hated well said. more yeah. so than people who are free spirited. Don't like people that are not free spirited. So yeah. I would so agree with Scott, that. what do you attribute? It, pro- it probably just grinded her gears so much that you were so like confident in yourself and and just rolled with the punch. You know what I mean? Like I think what didn't like- at that level, they want the guy. So oh, it's the sales manager. I've got to sit down and I've got my pleated khakis and are they starts right today? And, and I've called my 50 people and that sort of thing. You know, that's what they want. They don't want somebody like you who's actually going to get it done. Well, I think more than that, it was like, I would say things to her. Like, I have no idea what you're talking about right now. Like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> What do you mean or, liability? Or we'd be in like a class of 30 or 40 agents, most of whom have been in the business a long time. And I'd raise my hand and be like, I don't understand what you're saying to like the product people. Yeah. And I mean, she would just turn <laughs> like black, red, want to kill me. She but, wanted to make yeah. sure that you got her to the company cruise. And that's really all that mattered. She wanted to make sure that when August came and that cruise came to the Bahamas, that she was going to be on that ship. That's what she cared about. She would also she, got her she, bonus. Mm-hmm. she would also be one of those people, Bradley, that probably tells anybody she runs into in the industry that she taught me everything I know. Uh, oh, for sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I've got one of those too. I've yeah, got one of those on the too. Yeah. My God, <laughs> he'll say it to my face. <laughs> she sounds. Um, and I had a sales manager one time, uh, different guy, that told me that. Uh, 
I think it was my my khakis weren't ironed good enough, and said you either got to go home or you got to go buy some pants. And he, I lived an hour from the office, so I had to go buy some pants. And so, and and he had was of the 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 opinion that you could not sell insurance. Uh, unless you were in a three-piece suit and wow. just, to, you were just to be, into shorts. yeah, that's what I was going to say. You should that have into really short khaki. So when we started portal. It was <laughs> like, we're doing jeans and t-shirts every yeah. day. Cause I want to prove to everybody you can write several yep. millions of dollars a year in insurance wearing just, jeans and a t-shirt. And I haven't worn anything but jeans the last three years until portal. Uh, you know, we're all about culture. We're about to implement khaki fridays Ooh, we all so wear you guys are getting dressed fridays. up on fridays. most agencies wear jeans on friday <laughs> we're wearing khakis on fridays to mm. kind of poke fun at all the the stale male and pale agencies about doing something See, I, office I, I prefer yeah. i prefer sweatpants so sweatsuits so have you guys seen the uh the we work show yet on uh, <laughs> it's on apple it's uh, a really good show yes did you see the well, scene where in the middle of the day, he goes, hey, you guys keep boring yourselves. And they throw on uh, the Harlem Shake in the middle of the office, and they all put on animal masks and start dancing around for like two and a half minutes. And then it just shuts off, and everybody goes back to work. I have not seen that. We're I thinking think we about implementing that exact same strategy at no, our office. No, this is the first time I'm, I'm hearing about it. I'm excited yeah. about it. It might be one of our core values. I, I, yeah, I think it's, it's a true culture builder. And even if you're on a demo or, or a customer support call, you have to stop what you're doing because two and a half minutes of the Harlem Shake blasting at our office. So um, I think we awesome. are going to when, adopt when that When we went strategy. to, uh, you remember the 1.37 p.m., Scott, at VaynerMedia? Yeah. When we went to Gary V's office, at, Gary V has a company called 137 PM. And the reason it's that is because they drop a video every day at 137 PM. And when they do that, an alarm goes off and everybody like <laughs> celebrates and sits back down and gets back to what they're doing. I thought that was kind of neat. It's kind of a nice break in the day. I kind of like that, you know, when, when yeah, you're yeah. running a business. But uh, Scott, you're super humble, man. But you've obviously achieved a level of success that you never talk about. You're super humble about your business. But again, you have some delightful mini horses at your house. And how did you achieve the success or to the level of success where you can get those beautiful creatures at your house is what I wanted to get to. Uh, now, that, those are my wife. She's always, she's, um, you know, a lot of things kind of go back to your childhood, right? And, you know, she grew up in a small trailer right down the street from where we live right now in the middle of nowhere. And she always wanted to have a pony. She always wanted to have a mini horse. Uh, Who doesn't? And, of course, her parents couldn't, couldn't afford that, right? I mean, you know, you know, things just work out in life. And, and so now she can't afford it. And she ain't never met a mini horse she doesn't like. <laughs> and so uh, we've got three right now, about to sell one of those. But, yeah, I think it's just one of those things where – most people don't understand what a huge uh, responsibility a dog is, a puppy dog, you know. And when you own more what I call farm animals, ranch animals, they're a lot easier to take care of because, you know, they're not in the house and you don't have to give them a bath all the time. And, you know, you just feed them and keep some water out there for them and you can just watch them and go out there and love on them and, they're not nearly as much trouble as dogs and cats are. 
Well, Ryan has some chickens. Can you give us that perspective? Yeah, they're a pain in the ass. And you got some rabbits. rabbits. We've got some rabbits. I have two very uh, healthy, very fluffy rabbits, if anybody would like them. So (laughs) they fell off Santa's sleigh, and we're trying to get a suburbia. I have a snake at the house, so yeah, we'll take the rabbits. I may gift them to our top salespeople of the month. (laughs) Like, hey, congratulations on your amazing month. Here's two fluffy rabbits, and they're brothers, so they come together. Yeah. (laughs) Bradley, you uh, talked about culture, and I love that. I love the way you're doing... uh, your office and Scott sounds like you might be doing something similar as far as just like letting people be adults and let people kind of figure out how they're going to be successful. You kind of lead them to water, let them ride. So uh, we try and emulate that same process over here, which we weren't able to do as much at our agency. So I love and appreciate that you guys do that there. Um, Bradley, talk about portal for a minute. Uh, what do I, and some of and your benefits that you provide and some of the things that you do to recruit and is a little unique and not to give away the, you know, the secret sauce and what you do at portal, but kind of like what you do that stands out to people that other people can emulate. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things like everybody likes to be like, Oh yeah, we have a good culture. And what they mean by that is we have a foosball table and cereal in the office. Right. And that's like, that's not culture. You know what I mean? Uh, I think the ethos of our culture is, is a lot, like you said, allowing people to be adults, make their own decisions and, and then be themselves and then have the freedom to handle things that come up in life. You know what I mean? Like if you have a dentist appointment at three o'clock, by God, go to the dentist appointment. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And the, uh, like one example I give is, is I remember when COVID first happened, agency owners were posting on Facebook and Facebook groups and saying like, how do I ensure or no, excuse me back up. Uh, what, what program is everybody using for people to clock in and clock out so I can ensure that they are working. Like, wow. They're working from home. They're going to do laundry on the clock. Like, are they getting their job done and are they a good person and are they a good teammate? Those should be the only three barometers for success. That's it. Are you getting your job done? If you can get your job done in one day and you want to take the other 29 days off, by God, get after it. I don't care. You know what I mean? So I don't, I forgot the question, but that's, that's kind (laughs) of how I feel about that. You know? Um, and we're a startup, man. Like we have to, like, I can't pay a CSR $60,000 a year. I just can't do it. Right. Um, I, uh, you know, we interviewed a, a young lady that was working at an agency, um, that was making $57,000 a year doing a job that my VAs do for us. Right. And, um, she would have, I couldn't have paid her that much and she was going to get an elevated position here. She would have taken the job if we would have offered it to her. We didn't offer the job. Um, our competitive advantage is our culture. And, you know, we do a lot of things we have, a you know, I don't offer a group health plan because I'm too small. Uh, Alabama, it gets real weird with group health plans if you've only got a few employees. So we do a health insurance stipend. I pay a percent, but that is that out the window. You know, we do a student loan repayment program, which I love. So if you have student loans, we will pay 50% of your student loan monthly payment up to $200 a month, I think is what it is. Uh, we have unlimited PTO. We have parameters. People, you know, the establishment here is unlimited t- PTO and they think, we just let people willy nilly do whatever they want to do. No, there's parameters to that. You have to pair that with accountability. You have to pair that with, are you getting your job done? Are you following our process for putting in for time off, which is a week in advance. We have a form they fill it out on. And then are you leaving anybody else hanging? Because if somebody else is off and you work in that same department, it's not, you know what I mean? Yeah. But 
so we have we have these little things we do like that and then like beyond that it's it's you know caring about people you know i work for my people not the other way around you know other people have said that but just caring about them as a person above and beyond just are you getting you know are you working the correct amount of hours this month or that sort of thing you know what i mean but at the same time it's tough dude like managing people is tough it's not easy yeah Yeah, i I have i have a saying i always tell folks and it is that you don't hire people and then motivate them Mm -hmm. you have to hire motive you have to hire self-motivated people and then train them because Mm -hmm. i don't think i don't know if you could work here in this environment that we have as fast-paced as we are and as hard as we're all pulling the rope i think it shows itself pretty easy pretty pretty early on if you come in here and you're lazy as hell and you don't want to do what you're supposed to be doing yeah so it 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 helps if you hire self-motivated people you don't have to do a lot of rope pulling. Mm-mm. We put a we put a huge emphasis as does Scott in personality assessments. Um, Scott and I both give the same personality assessment. It returns us sixty eight pages. We know things about you wow. that you don't know. Um, it's not cheap, but we put a heavy emphasis in that. And kind of what sold me on it is we had a young lady we interviewed um, who was applying for a, a technical slash executive assistant role, and she was perfect like good family, very polished, uh, right out of high school, going directly in, into the, the, the work environment or the, the workforce. So from a payroll standpoint, that fits really well with startup. Um, she seemed to be the kind of person that would fit in. Um, Center personality assessment to the consultant that administers it. And she's like, do not hire this person. If you hire this person, we are not working together anymore. Wow. Jeez. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, hang on a second. I'm like, well, is there another role she's better suited for? Because like, she seems like a great person. Like, you know, and she said, unless you're starting an Instagram modeling agency, do not hire this person. This person has the personality of a model. She will not fit in. She'll not be a hard worker. She's going to put her personal life and her other stuff over her job and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, you don't know, I didn't say this, I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to interview her anyway. So I scheduled the in-person interview. This was a, uh, I talked to the consultant on Tuesday. The in-person interview was on a Monday. She texted me on a Friday and was like, Hey Bradley, I'm going to old Hickory Lake with some friends, which if you guys don't know in the South old Hickory Lake is where all the Instagram models go to like take photos in their thong bathing suits and that sort of thing. And I'm going to Old Hickory Lake on fr- on Saturday, and I'm not going to be back till Tuesday, so I won't be able to make her interview. And I'm like, and there you go, right. you know. It. So I, I, we go. put a ton of emphasis. Like that personality assessment has kicked more people out of our hiring mm, process yeah. than anything else. Well, if you make it through the personality assessment, as long as you show up clothed and sober to the next interview, you pretty much got the job. <laughs> and Bradley, you're. Uh, you're an entrepreneur for sure. Like yeah. you, you're you're not just insurance. You're I'm you're, not an insurance agent. There you go. Like you're a true you're entrepreneur. How did you choose insurance as one of your vehicles? And how did you branch off into marketing and branding and and, and every other thing that you do? I mean, you're a true entrepreneur uh, at heart. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. So, um, 
I grew up, I was a golfer. I don't really golf anymore except on VR. Um, and I, uh, I grew up a golfer, all the people I knew who got to play the most golf were insurance agents. I love so that. I told my dad when I was 16, I was like, I want to get an insurance. I don't know why these guys are able to play so much golf, but they are. And I think there may be something there. And what it was, it was a residual income. That's what allowed them to do that. Right. Uh, now some of those guys are like, probably not like the best insurance agents, but that's, that's another story. But they're good at golf. Um, <laughs> but, but, uh, they uh so so that's what kind of got me interested in insurance but i didn't do it and then in college i worked at a cell phone store which was southern link beat beat radios which is like a two-way radio uh that farmers used and a buddy of mine who is the guy that scott that says he trained me and taught me everything he knows <laughs> even though he's not in the business anymore um he uh he recruited me to come to work for liberty national and that's kind of what got me in the industry. Initially, it was not only the story I told you, but the fact that I felt I, like I felt like a professional. Like I love putting my sport coat on and like yeah. we're having real conversations with people, yeah. not, you know what I mean? And so um, so there was that. And then from there, obviously, I, I grew up really fast and, and had a kid. And then it became just like a mechanism to pay the bills, right? And then... I discovered marketing um, when I was at Alpha, which was the captive company I was at six years before I started Portal. And it was simply the fact that um, my competition was doing radio billboards and TV. And I was like, I can't outspend them. So I'm going to go do this social media thing. So that's what kind of like got me on the marketing train. What keeps me in insurance, every one of my buddies who's, who's successful that's not in insurance is like, you're only temporary in insurance. You're not staying there long-term. You're going to do other things. I'm like, no, you don't understand the freaking opportunity there is in insurance, how average the competition is, how average a lot of the technology is, and the impact that you can make in this industry, not to mention the residual income, the fact that you know when somebody dies or somebody has a house fire, you are the most important person in their life at that time because you're the one that's filing the claim for them. Yep. So there's just a lot of like, I don't know, man. There's a lot of good things like insurance will always be the ethos of what I do. I have other little companies that I have started, but insurance is kind of the the nucleus of all that. And, and a lot of people in insurance, they, they get satisfied and complacent, right? Like 150K yeah. a year, made it, done. I can go play golf. And we actually have a running joke here at Clubbox where we want our people to cold call agents and say, hey, what if I could put you on the golf course an extra day a week? Is that something you I might be that. interested in, right? <laughs> that's, our, that's our reach out. But for you you seem like you're always pushing the boundaries on other things like outside of the scope of your business. And I think that's rare. What, what keeps that fire lit for you? Because you could easily be com complacent and content with the business that you're building. Yeah. I like the challenge. I like, um, trying to, trying to put this into words. I like the challenge of starting something new. I like the, you know, I don't want to run a main street insurance agency. I want to run a big business, right. you know, a big operation. And the thing is, is like when I've got a, a guy I know that tries to start too many different things. Yeah. And the problem is not that he's starting too many different things. It's the fact that they're so different. It's, it's really easy. You know, Scott used the analogy of the person in the tube with the money flying around trying to catch it the other day. It's really easy to try to say, jump on every opportunity. I think when you start other businesses, they need to be parallel sure. to your main company. And all of my little businesses 
are somewhat related to insurance. So it makes it a lot easier to run it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know what, I really don't know what it is to be honest with you, man. I just like the come up. I like building, I like building, you know what I mean? I like building companies. I was thinking about this last night. I was pulling the trash in from the road and, uh, I was like, you know, these people, these insurance agents, like you, like at some point adding more money to your bank account is not going to impact your life. No, it's boring after a while, which is sad. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you get the money, you get that little adrenaline rush when the wire transfer comes in, but then it's like, (laughs) and, or not adrenaline rush, dopamine hit, whatever. And so like pay yourself, like, this is what I do. Like I pay myself just enough. That, that we need to pay the bills, everything else goes back into the company. Right. What can we use that money for? Can we hire somebody? Like I'm, I'm dealing with this right now with a marketing company. I could take a, I have a marketing agency. I could take a little bit of a salary from the marketing company, or I could take that and I could hire somebody else, which would not only make my content better, but make my client's content better. I don't need the extra $3,500 a month. Right. I can double down and make the business better. That's I, I get more satisfaction out of doing that than I do making money and you know adding zeros to my check account. And you know it's funny talking about the personality assessments. I did it and it said I was money motivated. And I asked the consultant, I said I'm really not money motivated. And she said, uh, she said, well, if you compare that with this thing, it's actually efficiency. You value efficiency, and I was like you are not lying lady. Like I value efficiency almost more than anything. I think the part that I like about business the most is that, that never ending battle to figure out how can we be more efficient? How can we streamline? How can we move this thing over here so that we're more efficient here and create more time and that sort of thing? You know, for example, um, like this sounds so bad, but like I have a virtual assistant that reached fills my prescriptions and calls in. Uh, Stop, Stop it. She, does, but she so refills you my prescriptions you and have she a calls life, in eh? my to-go <laughs> orders at a restaurant <laughs> so I don't have to. Uh, like, it sounds douchey, but I'm like, I don't want to sit there on the phone for 15 minutes with freaking Walgreens so. pressing two awesome. yes, to I, give them my number. I was gonna met, hey, Bradley, I was going to say, you and Sean align a lot on that, like where you guys fit on the operations side. Like, how yeah, can like, I maximize What can we do? What Where can we move some stuff around? You know, like I was, so I was looking at like, so in the marketing company, we have, we're making Instagram reels for our clients, right? Well, I found somebody, the Instagram reel takes two hours. So to, to make, to do it the way we do it. And, but I also found this person over here who's a freelancer that can make them for X dollars per reel. And I'm like, I, I love sitting down and doing the math of, okay, I'm paying this person this much an hour times two. That's how much it's actually calling me. Oh, even though this seems expensive, it would save me $5 per reel. We're doing 25 reels per week. That, that that's yeah, the yeah. part that I like. Yeah. Sorry, I overshared. I, no, you're no, good. I, like I mean, you. I got to work alongside you on the One City World Tour, and you know, I was kind of the guy in the, in the process of like go get things done, and you were part of the guy in the process was more like, hey, let's analyze how this is all going to work, and that was a good dynamic. And I kind of would not have been able to pull it off without you. Well, that was yeah, thank you. That wasn't the you, point. you had to take a lot of the like because you were in the city that the thing happened. Yeah, you had to take like let's print this yeah. and let's do right. this, and you know, but you were really analyzing how this you worked. Were the VA. The only thing we didn't the only uh, the only thing we didn't analyze is how far we had to walk to get tacos. Yeah, like, well, I don't ever want to walk tacos, that far yeah. again in the cold to get tacos. But I'm you guys, like something great. about the One City World Tour, like it's a good lesson for customer experience. Is like we probably could have stretched some things yeah. and made like ten or fifteen grand from that. Sure, but we decided to spend it 
because we wanted to give everybody a good experience. It's a good lesson in customer experience. Like I would rather those people go to that conference and be like, Hey, this was like the, yeah. you know, the, the, the top three conference we've been to. And it only cost yeah. us 200 bucks. Yeah. I can't believe you know, we only charged 200 bucks and me Tyler. getting a little bit of money in my pocket. And you know Tyler I mean? Asher throwing us a party as well. Yeah. Shout, out, shout out to Tyler Asher at Safeco. But, um, Hey Scott, hey, I've never asked you this. Uh, one city world tour. Your, what was your perspective on the inside looking out on how that all went? Cause I never followed up with you and asked you how that went. Oh, I thought it went great. I yeah. I mean, you were. I thought, I thought everybody had got a lot of value out of it. I thought they were entertained. I, uh, I mean, just top to bottom, I, I thought it was a fantastic conference. I hope. Uh, I, I got nothing but positive feedback from it. I, I, you know, I don't know of anything we could have done any different that would have been better. Probably brought too you much know. heat and fire because the stadium. Yeah. The stadium quite literally caught on fire. How many agents yeah. that were at the One City World Tour that decided to start executing the mortgage broker referral program have quit? Ooh, oh, what percentage no, of them I have bet quit? there's like two. Urban Young. Urban Young is definitely on For it. sure. Yep. Are they still executing? I would, oh. I would put my Those money on Those guys should have been freaking speaking. Those guys are awesome. Yeah, I've never seen an them. agency with so much premium willing to learn so much. Like, they were front and center. They couldn't get close. Well, I bet Jeremy Powers is you always You always meet these. I meet these people when I go to speak at these state associations, and mm-hmm. I'm like, why the heck are you not up here? Why right. am I up yeah. here? Like, right. you should be doing this, you know? You are just about to push the fast forward button on this ad. I guarantee you do not want to fast forward through this ad. What's up, guys? It's the Glovebox crew here, uh, part of the Season Assist podcast. Look, we had a really large agency here in Denver, Colorado, and there's one thing I hated about insurance and our business it's service work. It is the worst. It literally takes me away from being able to sell business and grow my agency. Hiring service reps, $60,000, $80,000 a year. You can't get them in fast enough. You can't keep them. You can't train them. It's very difficult. Stop. It's why we created Glovebox. Sean, tell them why. Because insurance servicing sucks. It's awful. And consumers hate to call you as well. Newsflash, you're not their friend for the most part unless you write your buddy's insurance. Otherwise, they're not your friend. So look. Glovebox is geared to reduce your service by 25 to 35%. Think about the bottom line to your agency. Less human capital, less frustrations, less headache. Let your CSRs do higher level work that makes you revenue and get Glovebox today. Guys, I want to land this plane. All right. I want to ask you guys a, a couple of quick hitter questions that we ask every single guest as kind of a departure. And Scott Howell, I'm going to start with you. Uh Uh-oh. Please. Number one question, or first question that we're going to ask. Scott Howell, who are you cheering for right now? And that could be Open-ended. Sports. Open-ended. People. Your mini horses. Who knows? Uh, Who am I cheering for right now? I mean, the answer is going to be me and the team that I put together over here because this – you know, for your listening audience, some of them I probably haven't heard, but you know, I had a, I had an employee uh, mm-hmm. three weeks ago confess to stealing one hundred and three thousand dollars out of our agency. Crazy, and this has been—I'm telling you—I mean, it's it's hard to describe. It's one of those things unless you're in it, you don't know. But it has been an up at dawn, pride swallowing siege for three weeks, and it's been all hands on deck. Yeah. And I'm cheering for them because you know, we're, we're all kind of burned out right now. I mean, it's been get here early, stay late, 
everybody working overtime, everybody doing more than, than they probably signed up for. And I, I, if I'm cheering for anybody, I'm cheering for us. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode, I highly recommend it. We'll post it on online. Yep. Yeah. So that's my answer. Bradley, what about you? Who are you cheering for right now? I was hoping you wouldn't ask me the same question. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Alabama. He loves the Alabama Crimson Tide. You're a huge Alabama fan. No, I'm not. I hate Alabama. I'm an Auburn fan. I know that. Right. I know that for a fact. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I do when I speak to other states at these associations. I say we're first in football, last in everything else. Um, <laughs> but now I add to the end of that, nobody please come up here and slap me like Will Smith. Um, <laughs> it goes really well. It really hits right now. Will Smith joke. I, I had a speaker yeah. reach out and ask for advice. Like Will Smith jokes are are. are are landing right now top dollar um <laughs> pro, you know there's a couple of carriers that i have my eye on that are newish carriers that i think have the potential to hang around um you know there's there's technology companies i keep my eye on glove box being one that i'm super rooting for that i think i have that i think have a really strong chance if not inevitable that they're going to change the insurance industry um, and then besides, aside from that, I have two new producers in my agency that I'm like literally losing sleep on how can I make them more successful? So, yeah, yeah. Um, that's important. I, I know so keep that, doing that. That's, that's kind of what I would, what I would say. Yeah. Keep focused there. I like that. I know exactly how that goes. Uh, question number two, and this one, we'll go back to Bradley first. Bradley, what are you listening to currently? Besides the music. cease and desist podcast, I go through, I go through <laughs> phases where I will listen to music for six to eight weeks don't listen to any podcasts and then i'll go through phases where i listen to nothing but podcasts um i've gotten to where i can't listen to insurance podcasts because i know every insurance podcaster and i have the real conversations you know yeah i don't i don't really like that you know what i mean yeah uh like i have a hard time listening to hanley even though he's one of my favorite people because i'm like hey the conversations he and i have are a lot like deeper you know what i mean yeah um what do you but listen, listen to podcasts, when you, when and then you I'll work? Go to YouTube videos for a little while. Um, right now, I'm listening to music. Uh, there's a song, and it's more. I, I go back and forth between like really hard charging music, like ACDC type stuff, and then I go to more like chill. But I have probably the most all over the place music appetite of any white man in Alabama you'll ever meet. <sighs> Um, I'll read you. These are the last like 10 songs I've listened to. Oh, here we go. You should screenshot. Uh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Highway to Hell, ACDC, American Pie by Don McLean, Sleep on the Floor by the Lumineers, which is an awesome freaking song, by the way. Um, Kid Rock's new album. Jeez. Uh, there's a song on there called Still Something that's going to be a hit, by the way. Go nice. Your Own Way by Fleetwood Mac, Bob Dylan. <laughs> Astronaut in the Ocean, like that. A-OK, wow. Beeman and Timmy, who's a local rapper, and Lil Wayne. So wow. it's like, could you screenshot that? Will you send that to us? Do what? Send us that screenshot, will you, of your Spotify? Is it Spotify? Uh, Apple Music. Send us a screenshot. We should post this. <laughs> Don't hate you on should. It's real. I just read that. But, um, screenshot. So, yeah, I listened to that. Um, it just kind of gets me a little, like, it, it tends to be... When I'm dealing with a lot at work, which I'm not dealing with anything as difficult as Scott's dealing with, but when I'm dealing with a lot at work, a lot of changes, um, I tend to get out of business mode and want to just chill out the music. Yeah. And then times where things are going great, I want to listen to podcasts and YouTube videos to double down. Yep. yep. Uh, the interesting thing is I'm not reading a lot. Uh, 
I saw it, and I saw a tweet last night. Let's reading. The CEO of Chili's is actually freaking awesome. I love Chili's, by the way. Chili's the is CEO? the Michael, Michael Girdley, and he oh. tweeted, and he said, Tag him. Don't read, he said, don't read business books. Don't read business books. Find a podcast that's interviewing the author, and you'll hear everything you need to know in that book in 30 minutes. Sure. That. Save that's some exactly time. what I'm doing. Like. <laughs> The thing they should do with Chili's is they should make the baby beers even smaller so that I can hold four of them instead of two at one time. And you feel That's better. what I love about Chili's is I can How hold you, beers. Would you get together. drunker or faster? Idea, man. I would not. You know, I, I love you feel you like uh, Outback Steakhouse on the kids eat free night. And, yeah. And I get chicken tenders and a Coke and my kids get <laughs> they get a steak and a kid's Bud Light. You know? <laughs> I love that. Scott, what are you listening to right now, man? I know, I know you're busy, yeah, I, but. I have a very eclectic taste in music. I, people probably haven't heard of most of the bands and groups I listen to, but uh, right now, I guess for the past week, I've been listening to a group called the Teskey brothers. All right. All right. Uh, nobody's probably ever heard of them. I listened to a lot of West Texas stuff. Jack o Pierce. Yep. Um, Ray, La, Ray LaMagna. You know, I'm, a, you... I'm a, when it comes to music, I mean, no Drake, no Drake. Very, very <laughs> eclectic. Uh, music listener i don't listen to the you know the kid rocks and the acdcs and stuff as much as i did when i was a kid but i do like to uh i love to listen to music um the book i'm reading right now is a pickup artist book i've read that book Sean, up women called Sean, the game have y'all read the game I Sean read that. pitched that I book have, to I me when i was 23 coming out of college because it's so relatable to business awesome it is uh yeah. the reason i started reading it was not to pick up women i'm happily married but uh that uh, the fbi that's required listening from the fbi it teaches really? it's psychology mm, fbi fbi agents how to get things out of people yeah and i started reading it i guess about two weeks ago it's it's a great book it's it's a little bit as a male when you listen rocky. to it and yeah. you're a little older it's like damn guys are such pigs mm-hmm uh, but but there are some great things in there, great little nuggets that you could use psychologically uh, when you deal with clients and when you deal with angry clients. And, and referral to, partners as well when you're at networking yeah, events really, and things like that. There is applicable quickly, skills. Quickly build rapport, yeah. those kinds of things. That's so, vital. Yeah, that's what I'm uh, reading right now. Scott, you'll like, you'll like this. I, I literally just before this podcast was talking to one of our, our sales gurus and – I was using, I don't know if you're into the part of this book yet, but it was like, take control over their world, tell them about their world and tell them like, you know it. And I was right. telling her to talk about their agency because you were on their website. You know exactly what their client experience feels like. And it was right. from that book. I didn't reference it, but that's where I got it from. Smart. Yeah. It is interesting. Do you have any idea how many people reach out to me on LinkedIn trying to pitch me their product for my agency? And I'm like, I know you didn't research me. And I don't mean that douchey. Well, I know you didn't do any research whatsoever because you wouldn't be asking about my agency. You'd be asking to come on the podcast. The first thing that the first indication of that is it says, hey, Charles. So that's how you know they don't well, even know. You know, I have <laughs> the little, I have the little. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you know it pops up and it's automated. We talked about because that. you yep. know exactly who's sending the automated yeah, messages. Yep, yep. Sean and, and I talked about that the other day. That's yeah. exactly. Hey, uh, Scott, you did fail the question, by the way. What are you listening to? The answer was Kim Howell. <laughs> So you buy more baby. That's a given. You blew it. Yeah. That's a given. <laughs> All right. Question number three. What are you investing in 
Scott, we'll start with you. What are you investing in right now besides a bunch of time in the agency? Uh, last thing I invested in was I just did it the other day too. I used SoFi for my investment account. Uh-huh. So, uh, I, I typically just invest in things. I'll tell you, I invested in DraftKings about a month ago. Nice. I think that DraftKings is probably going to be the, uh, of all of them. There's a lot of online gambling places out there, but I do feel like they've got the best chance of being successful. I've invested quite a bit of money in gold. I put about 5,000 in gold about uh, six months ago because I knew that, you know, the Russia thing is getting started and we had a lot of issues going on and COVID was still going on. And I thought, you know, and then it's gone up a lot. I think I've probably made 25, 30% on that so far. Uh, I sold all the oil I had a couple of weeks ago, which was not much, maybe a thousand dollars. Uh, but there was one I invested in a couple of days ago and now I can't remember which one it is. Canopy growth. I'm in that pretty heavy, uh, which is one of the marijuana growing, you know, makes sense. I mean, it's going to be nationally, nationally, federally. What company called Apple if you've heard of them? Now, so. You guys don't know anything about yes. that in Denver, do you? I'm going to go yeah, smoke right? tonight for yeah. sure. No, we've moved yeah. on to mushrooms. So <laughs> that's the weed okay. game has passed. That's now old it's, news. Now Bradley. it's mushrooms. Twelve years ago, they're legalizing heroin. <laughs> so, I thought they, I thought they shot down the law legalizing, uh, legal legalizing mushrooms. It's decriminalized, decriminalized. which is a very loose term. <laughs> it's a gateway it means, law. <laughs> it means you can have it, but you can't buy it. <laughs> so it's kind of the middle uh-huh. ground there. So I'm on the hunt for, and, and I ask this on every show. Uh, I'm on the hunt for a Doge coin millionaire. So if you guys find anybody who invested in Doge that crushed it, I want to meet them. So just heads up. But uh, Bradley, what are you investing in right now? Insurtex. Yeah. <laughs> nice. It's good very place. my very very small amount of money. I've made a couple plays in some Insurtex. I've got one right now that is bootstrapped. Uh, it's a great product that nobody knows about. Mm. And my pitch my pitch is unselfish. My pitch pitch to this person was, hey you need to slice off like 10% of equity for a board of directors and I'll create the board of directors. We'll put together the best group of people we can possibly get to help promote, promote this thing and blow it up, stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, helping get, get these, you know, I feel like I have a unique position with some of these insure techs to help plug them in with certain agencies and things yep. like that. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so from like an advisory standpoint, that sort of thing, and then I'm also investing in my agency and the people in my agency. Um, it, that's that's really big. And to be honest with you, like I know this is like taboo in 2022, but like I'm doing doing some stuff to the office and making the office really really cool because um, I'm just a guy that like needs an office, you know. Yeah. And uh, we want to have some like lunch and learns and networking events at our office that. Uh, you know, for recruiting, you know, I want to bring young professionals to here. They see yeah. the office and they're like, wow, this is way better than the cubicles I'm working in now. You know, so we're, we're, we're planning a grand opening event. Now we're doing a bunch of, doing a bunch of stuff to the office. We've got, uh, we're going to have NFTs. Everybody that comes to the grand opening is going to get an NFT ticket. There's going to be some utility to that. Uh, we're going to have a DJ on the ones and twos at the mm, party. Nice. So it's going to be like really, Maybe really cool camels. thing. So just investing in the office and that sort of thing is, 
is kind of uh, this, this kind of my baby right now. Well, you so. need to invest in some fucking headphones because what the hell is going on there? I like these better. Jeez, I like the AirPods better. Had to do it. Mainly because normally I'm wearing my hat. And they don't go with a hat. You got a spaceman hat. Get over it. You have a spaceman hat coming your way in the next couple weeks. I need a spaceman hat. I need another one of those black hoodies too. On the way, guys. By the way, thank you, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We can't tell you how much we appreciate you both. And I'm speaking not just from from Glovebox and the people in this room, but the entire insurance industry. Yeah. Cheers. We, We love you guys. What you guys bring to the community is amazing. You get it. Uh, you hear that all the time, I'm sure, but it's it's really true. And Scott, we appreciate you coming on, man, with with everything you're dealing with, with the agency and the diarrhea and all that. So it's you know. Uh, but let me just say this: never, never, never again. The first time you guys called me, I don't remember which one it was. It was me. I like, I like. I don't know if you remember. It was like yeah, I I'm remember. Not really interested? Like I wasn't rude, but it was just you know what I'm saying. I know. I remember the phone call. I was Should in the parking lot, and then it. y'all came back. You followed up. I was in the parking lot of our agency. It was early 2019. You, I remember. You you pitched it again, and we followed up. We talked again, <laughs> and I called Scott, and I was like, "These guys are going to change the industry." Like I li- I remember saying that, and. You guys have been one of the best wow. partnerships we've had. Like, there's there's not a, a better company out there um, for what you guys are doing, um, and uh, we're just really happy to ride on your coattails. Hey man, no, we we appreciate I, I want to come out there and visit you guys and just hang out. I, you know, you, you don't get to hang out as much when you're doing these conferences and stuff. You know, everybody's going in different directions. You guys are going to be in Memphis, right? Yeah, we'll be out there. Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis. We'll I'm going to be out. in Memphis for two hours, but I'll be there. But Scott, What's you can Memphis. PIA of Arkansas. Scott, ah. Scott, you come out to the office here in Denver. We'll kick Sean out of his office immediately. No problem. You've gladly. got a desk. You don't even have to kick me out. So, <laughs> oh, exit Grace. I will gladly do so. <laughs> well, hey guys, thank you so much for the time. Again, we appreciate you guys so much. We're happy to call you friends, and, and thank you so much for all the support. And uh, you know, we look forward to seeing you guys again, and, and keep crushing the podcast because Jesus, five hundred thousand downloads. That is 500,000. 500,000. Here's the cheers to a million. And uh, again, keep crushing it, guys. Thank you so Good much. Good work, dudes. See Have you, a lovely day. Okay.